Welcome to Deep Squats, Deeper Thoughts, the podcast that explores what health really means and what you need to know to move, feel, and live better. We're your hosts, Gabby and Ricky from Trilogy, and this is episode number one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, This is an idea that's been in the works for quite some time now, uh, and we're really excited to have a new vehicle with which to connect with you guys, the Trilogy fam. Uh, bringing new and exciting content over the airwaves. Uh, Deep Squats, Deeper Thoughts is really a way for us to go beyond the surface level of health and attempt to look at the reasons why something is considered healthy or unhealthy and better understand how we can utilize that information in a more practical and relatable way. Uh, Our approach is to question everything, even if it seems obvious, and figure out what makes sense what doesn't, what we can take with us, and what we may want to leave behind. Uh, We hope that you will do the same alongside us. Uh, I think the biggest shift in the last 20 years even has just been the amount of information that is readily available. Uh, That's with the internet and smartphones. it's, It's just everywhere. And the downside of that is we've become increasingly less skeptical of what we hear Um, And a lot of times we'll hear something like, you know, carbs are bad. And we just accept that without really questioning the reasons or the science behind that idea. Uh, So that's what we want to dive into. That can just be a really dangerous way to consume information. That's where we come in. Every episode will feature a guest interview where we get to dive into some of the more thought-provoking aspects of health and wellness as well as some segments where we'll explore the deep, dark corners of the wellness industry. And we'll attempt to help you take the noise out of what's everything that's out there. This week's guest is my friend since grade school, Michaela Banjo. She's the co-host of the Golden Hour podcast, which is available on iTunes and Spotify. Michaela has been instrumental in helping us get this podcast off the ground, so it seemed only fitting that she would be our very first guest. So the Golden Hour podcast dives into the issues of post-grad life, and I know that's something that I can certainly relate to. Yeah, I'm an old person, so I don't know if that counts for me, but it's been a decade, but I guess we technically never stop being post-grads, right? Technically, no, we don't stop. But before we get into that, uh, let's take a moment and introduce ourselves to the listeners who maybe don't know us yet. Um, Gabby, tell the people about yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Gabby. I am 25 years old, and my background actually wasn't originally in health and fitness. It was in event planning and corporate hotels and that kind of thing. But a few years ago, while I was working in that realm, I started to dive into my health and preventative medicine and things like that. So I jumped right back into school. I was fortunate enough I was able to do that. And I just graduated last year with my Bachelor's of Arts in Exercise Science. I'm also a certified personal trainer group exercise instructor. And currently I am working towards becoming a certified health and wellness coach, which that's definitely my favorite hat that I get to wear in this field I've discovered. Now I'm someone who has played sports on and off kind of through life. I've come back from injury, most recently surgery. And through the years I've struggled with things just like everybody else, body image, weight loss, all of these things. But through it all, I've been able to find what works for me to become my healthiest self And I realized how much I enjoy helping others do the exact same thing. And so I left the event world and decided to dedicate my career to helping those around me to help them find their healthiest selves. 
And then when I jump into the fitness side of things, it's definitely something different for everyone. For me, it means moving daily. And my favorite things to do are to either run, walk, or weightlift. And again, same with nutrition, lots of different ways, different approaches, but it's all about learning what's best for you. And I just really like helping others do the same. And as for me, uh, I've been a personal trainer for about 10 years now, which is a scary sentence to have to say. Um, But I got my degree in exercise physiology from Ohio University, go Bobcats, Uh, taught group X, managed clubs, owned a gym before COVID, uh, and written articles, spoke at URSA, coached high school sports, you name it, just pretty much all over the map uh, in the health and wellness world. Um, recently completed my yoga teacher training and have started to incorporate that into the mix as well. But generally, my goal is to help people find a better way to approach their health, both physically and mentally. And that's a big part of it for me is not just the what, but the why and the how behind all the information that's out there. Um, so now that you know you guys know us a little better, let's dive right into today's first segment Uh, The most interesting thing I heard this week. Gabby, tell the people what you got. The most interesting thing I heard this week was actually, so I use the Headspace app to help meditate. That's one of the new health things I've kind of gone into this year. Um, One of my New Year's resolutions, I suppose you could say. And every morning they give you this little video and it's called The Wake Up. And this morning was actually about how music can influence exercise. And um, John Legend actually works for them. So it was a little video of John Legend and they had him run on a treadmill for a little bit with no music just to see how his tempo would be. And then they gave him music after that and he completely was able to run faster. And they just dove into how music actually really does affect us in a lot of different ways um, and especially in exercise. If you've ever been to a gym that has bad music playing, there's no place you you would rather less be. It, it is the number one thing I think people judge when they walk in, besides you know cleanliness. But after that, it's what's on the soundtrack, right? Um, I know that was always a big issue for us, is making everybody happy with what music plays. Uh, but that's a huge part of just your mindset when you go into a workout and and how you're feeling, how much energy you are willing to expend. Um, and you know, people that work out without music, all the power to you, but I'm a little, you should be on a watch list because I don't know what that says. That's very impressive, but a little scary. Yeah. A little bit, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting how, how that worked. And I sort of have never really thought about that before until they laid it out and yeah, John ran faster when they played the fast music and he ran slower when he didn't have any music on. So Gabby, what what do you listen to? What's on your uh, Spotify when you're when you're heading into the gym? I'm heading into the gym. If it's a if it's leg day, if it's upper body day, if I'm lifting, it is some like either hardcore '80s rock. I'm a total child of the '80s, even though I was born in the mid '90s. Love '80s, um, or just like some some good rap, something I can just really zone out to. If I'm running, though, I'll let you know right now I'm Croatian and we have a lot of fast paced dance music. And that's what I actually like to run to a lot. It just makes me feel like I'm dancing and I go to that tempo and it helps me run. I'm, I'm not a runner, so I, I, I'll, I'll leave that part to you. But for me, it's definitely, uh, you know, if we're throwing weights around, it's got to be something something with a little edge, you know, some Cardi maybe or some, okay. some, some Drake. I don't know. 
Jay-Z sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll throw it back. But now that I've gotten a little bit more into the yoga world, I'm kind of uh, branching out my horizons. I'm becoming a little bit of a hippie and we'll throw some glass animals on there and just vibe out, you know, with whatever we're doing and see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Then That's the beauty of music, right? Is that there the possibilities are endless. The streaming services are endless. It is just such an awesome thing. And if I don't feel like listening to 80s and I want to jump to something else, the beauty of apps like Spotify and things like that, you can just boom, change it and your mood changes. And it's a fantastic thing. So Ricky, what was the most interesting thing you heard this week? Well, Gabby, the most interesting thing I heard this week was actually from a video that one of my friends sent me. It was of Dr. Ryan Cole, who's a pathologist uh, up in Idaho, and he was talking to a group of lawmakers, I believe, about the role of vitamin D in the immune system. Um, and really, I think the, the biggest takeaway was how that's been the biggest mis-message uh, through the pandemic is just how important vitamin D is to our own personal immune systems and how that can really translate to overall helping us get through this pandemic. Um, one of the most interesting things that he said in that video was that there's no such thing as cold and flu season. There's just low vitamin D season, which uh, up here in Cleveland, we know that the, the winter months were not really getting much sun. Uh, my pasty skin here will be very good evidence of that. Um, but I think the really important thing to keep in mind is that especially during the, the winter and fall months, that supplementation of vitamin D is really essential for everyone above the 35th parallel. So roughly, if you live north of Atlanta, you are immune suppressed in the fall and the winter. You need vitamin D supplementation, which you can get through some food sources, which we'll get into here, but primarily that is uh, synthesized in your skin from sunlight. So Gabby, talk to me about vitamin D. So just like you said, vitamin D, we get it from the sun, right? Very important. And a lot of us, again, we're not, we don't see a lot of sun during the year. Super bummer, um, but we really need to get more of it. So you can get it from certain foods, um, like natural sources, such as wild-caught salmon, that kind of thing, egg yolks. It's really, really important to get. It's also important to understand how to get it as far as the amount. So vitamin D is kind of broken up into something called IUs, which stands for international units. And um, research shows that we would be, it's safe for us to take between 5,000 and 50,000 units a day. So if you're getting anywhere upwards, you know, towards 50,000, you're good. Yeah. 50,000 50, might be a little bit much, <laughs> but it, it's important to say that that's safe for you to consume. So if you're shooting for five to 10,000 units a day, I think that's a very healthy and sustainable range. Um, just for reference point, uh, a, a normal filet of salmon is is about five to 800 units of vitamin D. So unless you're having 10 salmons a day, uh, which I don't know anyone <laughs> who would want to eat that much or can afford to eat that much yeah. salmon in a single day. Um, but that's where supplementation is going to be really important. So uh, a vitamin D supplement, D3 is the version of vitamin D that that we want. Um, but that's really going to be important towards lowering some of these risk factors. And the numbers he was throwing out were pretty wild. So 70 to 80% of Americans are immune suppressed 
because they are deficient in vitamin D. I thought that was a very startling fact um, and something that we don't really hear a lot from. Um, you know, I've never heard it from any physician growing up. Did you? No, I, I hadn't heard it from a physician at all. Actually, um, the first time I heard about it was when I was in high school. My track coach, she told me and the whole team that we were all vitamin D deficient. Um, she told the whole team, she told us all to go get a little bottle of it, 5,000 international units. And I was, what, 17 years old and I haven't stopped since. And then um, no doctor has ever said it. I think my gynecologist brought it up once um, and that's that's about it. Yeah, so... That just goes to show how little it's mentioned. Right. And even I think um, they mentioned in the video as well, Dr. Fauci, who everyone's probably familiar with at this point, <laughs> uh, he personally supplements eight to, to 9,000 units a day for himself um, during the winter. And yet we don't really hear about that being talked about as such a vital part of the equation. Um, but they have shown that healthy D levels can reduce your risk uh, for s symptom severity from COVID and your risk for hospitalization by 90%. So really important to either get those that vitamin D supplement or to get out in the sun. There's about a three-hour window each and every day where if you get uh, 20 to 30 minutes of, of direct sunlight without sunscreen, um, if you're going to be out in the sun longer than that, definitely wear the sunscreen. But for 20 to 30 minutes, sun exposure, very healthy for you. Um, also want to also mention that vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. So that comes into play because it's stored in your fat cells. Um, what that specifically means is if you are dealing with obesity, it's going to reduce your ability to get vitamin D out of the cells and into your circulation. So um, if you are struggling with obesity, that's going to even further make this really critical that you're getting the vitamin D supplementation so you can get it into your circulation. Also magnesium and zinc are two other micronutrients that are really important roles here in the immune system. So definitely interesting thing that I heard this week for sure. Um, very interesting. Switching gears here. We want to break into a new segment. We've got a nutrition segment that we are calling thought for food. Um, so really it's a broad spectrum of anything related to nutrition. And what we really want to dive into is, again, just the thought behind what we're hearing, what we're thinking about, and how we're approaching uh, nutrition uh, as a whole. So, uh, Gabby, what, what are we thinking about today? So uh, today, our thought for food has to do with metabolic flexibility, which is actually not really something I've ever heard of until you mentioned it to me. And now that I've learned about it, I'm fascinated by it. And I really want to talk more about this. So I'm super excited. So yes, that was a term that I heard um, on a podcast I was listening to. Uh, Joe Rogan was interviewing Mark Sisson, who's the author of Two Meals a Day. That was the book he was promoting. He's the founder of Primal Kitchen. So definitely a lifelong work in the field of nutrition and health and wellness in general. Um, but he discussed metabolic flexibility at length. And if you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, we can break it down for you right here. But Gabby, why don't you give the people who are listening just a little background on what metabolism even is, what that means? Yeah. So uh, to break it down a little bit, the you know Webster's definition of metabolism is that it's a process that the body converts and what we eat and drink into energy. So it's basically a bunch of chemical reactions in your body from the things that we eat, the things that we drink, 
And um, there are specific proteins in the body that also control those reactions. But in layman's terms, it's really just how your body uh, uses its energy to survive. It's it's how we live and it's how it makes our bodies function every single day. And everybody's metabolism is different. Right. And metabolism, I think, on the broad spectrum is primarily dependent on your lean muscle mass. So that's a big factor. The more muscle you have on your body, the more processes have to take place to keep the engine running. So obviously, if you're a larger person, if you have more muscle, you're going to have a higher metabolism, a higher amount of energy that you need to supply your body with. But when we talk about metabolic flexibility, what we're really diving into is how does your body extract energy from whatever substrates available? So the three, the three big ones that your body can harness are carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Those pr- supply your body with energy. And the flexibility part of this is how we can utilize extracting energy from each of those three substrates. Right. So Mark really kind of dove in on this podcast with Joe, just kind of saying how using meta- metabolic flexibility as a tool to make it easier for your body to bounce back in between using fat as a resource and using carbs as a fuel resource. So he talks about that and how you can get there. Um, you want to go into how you can get there? Yeah, sure. I think the the interesting part to me was going back into our evolutionary history as humans and how we survived to this point back in the day we, we didn't we, every two hours. right we didn't have a, a refrigerator full of of treats to just eat whenever we were hungry we had to hunt we had to gather and in between meals you know whether that was hours or days even we have this ability to store energy on our body as fat and over the years as we've become a more modern society what we found is that human beings are really efficient at utilizing carbohydrates for fuel. So you you ingest something, you know, bread or sugar, it goes right into your bloodstream as glucose, your body can utilize it, boom, have energy, whatever is left over, it gets stored into your body as fat. But we haven't really become efficient at switching back over to to harnessing those fat stores. And so he talked about a couple of tools. Um, Number one would be keto, uh, which has some controversial undertones to it. And he says that too, right? He says that there's the controversial undertones under it. And he actually talks about not using keto forever for three, you know, 365 days a year. He talks about it as using it as a reset. He also has another book called the 21 day keto reset that he kind of discusses there. And then it goes into this, you know, two meals a day book, but that's how we need to adapt the body to get to it is using keto as a reset, not necessarily as a lifestyle, again, to each their own. Um, but this is how he kind of offers how to use the keto diet to your advantage to become metabolically flexible. Exactly. And I think the other tool they discussed was intermittent fasting, which yes. is something everyone has probably at least heard uh, at this point, but understanding what that really means and what the goal behind it is, um, not really to again, live a sustainable lifestyle under really strict conditions, but to kind of teach your body the ability to to utilize burning fat when it needs to, when you can go without a meal and not have to be hungry and miserable and, and hangry. And <laughs> <laughs> he, he calls it, um, he actually refers to, I really liked this. I wrote this down very specifically. He calls it 
finding the hidden genetic switches. Mark is trying to uncover those in people. So using the keto diet to uncover those switches to make metabolic flexibility work. Right. And diving back into that evolutionary side of things, I mean, as human beings, we're wired to overeat, right? Because we don't know or we didn't know back in the day when our next meal was going to come. So when we had access to food, we ate as much of it as we could. Now we have access to food all the time and we're still overeating because that's the way our brains are wired. So it's sort of playing with some of those switches and figuring out how we can readapt our body and teach it that that flexibility to to be able to intermittent fast for 14 or 16 or 18 hours and not go into a total shutdown mode but instead start harnessing uh, body fat and and running on ketones yes absolutely all right so switching gears here again we will cut it over to our interview with michaela vanjo from the golden hour podcast Now, welcome on to the podcast, Michaela Vanjo. She is the co-host of the Golden Hour podcast, which can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah, Apple Podcasts. All right, awesome. Michaela, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. I'm so excited. I want to talk about Cleveland. I know you guys are in Cleveland. Everybody, I always shot down when I talk about Cleveland on my podcast. So I'm like, yes, I have Clevelanders, fellow people from home. <laughs> yes. Our company's name is literally Trilogy Clee. So that Love is, it. that is it. Yeah. And, Love it. And Cleveland, obviously a great city in the state of Ohio. So that's, I think maybe a good place for us to start. Michaela, can you teach me how to spell Ohio, please? I went to OU, so. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, you spent all that time being good at sports and, and didn't learn how to spell Ohio. I'm giving you a hard time. We uh we perused your Instagram and went way back to uh must have been we were way back. Must have been a uh, football game from your freshman year. Oh no. <laughs> I had to call out OU because you guys slaughtered us on the football team. So the go-to insult was always... Well, you slaughter us in the classroom. So that's, you know, what we'll, <laughs> we'll take the trade-off. Um, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, we want to dive into all things Cleveland, all things uh, Golden Hour, just talking about kind of what you guys get into on your show as well. Um, but we do know that you guys discuss wine quite a bit. So we wanted to start with something light. Um we found a website that describes your personality based off of your wine preference. And we wanted to get your feedback on whether you agree with, with what they have. So uh, what would be your wine of choice at the moment? I would say, especially now in the summer, spring, summer, I go for like a nice crisp Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, very good. All right. So Sauvignon I never. I- Never met a wine that I don't like. All right. Exactly. <laughs> That's the right answer. So, Sauv Blanc, <laughs> you heard that smart is the new sexy. This is great news because you've been a sweater-wearing smarty ever since you were eight. <laughs> you wear Sauvignon Blanc because it's made in New Zealand and the Loire Valley of France, two places where sweaters are popular. Look at that. Wow. Um, is that it? That's That's the description, yeah. We'll, we'll send you the website so you guys can ask people on the Golden Hour podcast what they are. Yeah, first of all, love the concept. I wish it was true, but 
I on Sunday, here's a perfect example of why it isn't. On Sunday, I went to go visit my cousin. Uh, he lives outside of Chicago, um, but nearby. And I put in his address and I somehow, with today's technology, ended up eight miles away from where I was supposed to be, 30, a full 30 minutes away. And so, yeah, I called my dad and he was like, listen, I don't know how you've made it this far on your own. I don't know how you're alive today. I was like, that's oh, fair. my so, gosh. The smart comment sounds great. I like a smart guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what that's attractive. Yeah. Okay, the other one I liked was if you love rosé, you figured out the socially acceptable way to day drink. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's another good one. On the head. But getting getting more serious, obviously you guys talk about a lot of post-grad issues um, that a lot of us face. And I think one of the interesting ways to think about it is if you could go back in time and maybe give yourself some advice, maybe on the way you know, heading into college, is there anything that stands out to you as something you wish you knew or or just something you would pass on to the younger generation as they uh, embark on that part of their life? Yeah, my, my brother is actually about to be uh, going into his first year. And I think something Pause that I wish for a moment, your brothers are how old now? <laughs> 18 and 15. Gabby and I grew up together, so this is shocking. <laughs> um, I used to like watch your brother babysit him at the pool. Like yep. <laughs> when he was like in a diaper. God. <laughs> it's shocking to me too. But I had the wonderful privilege of driving him and three of his little guy friends down to tour the school a few weeks ago. Okay. And I got to tell them my whole spiel, but I'll boil it down to I was so focused on my like getting a career. And I think everybody, when you go to college, you're like, well, I need to figure out my major and then pick my career and blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. it all matters, but none of it matters. Like that's, if I could like, A, oh nobody God. cares. Nobody is focusing. I always thought everybody was looking at me, you know, um, when I walk into class, like nobody cares because think about it. You're only focused on yourself. Everybody else is really only focused on themselves. So that's the first thing. And you could apply that anywhere. Um, right. Just in life, right? Yeah. Uh, and then my second thing is, like I said, I, I was so focused on my career. I wanted to be a lawyer, do all these things. But uh, I ended up majoring in something completely random, political science, and then getting a job um, in sales. And now I do, I work for a biotech company. Like it's none of it really at this point, like your major does not study something you'd like. I went into political science because I like politics. Like I think it's funny. Okay. And I think it's ridiculous. And I like to learn about it. And, you know, I don't work in politics at all. But I, I'm a good example of like, go into, if you like fitness, like go study it, <laughs> kinesiology, right. and you can get a job. Like, right. Hopefully, you know, if the economy stays okay, but those are my two big things. Yeah. I think that's really great advice. And that's sort of what I, what I preach as well. Just, you know, follow your passion. You know, it's great to have plans, but I, I, I don't think there's ever been a point in my life where four years in the future turned out how I thought it would. It kind of always, you know, jumps around. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. having plans is great. Having goals is great, but not being married to them and, and just following what makes you happy, I think is, is always the, the best advice, right? A hundred percent. I totally agree.
So along with that, um, you know, I think that plays a lot into kind of just the mental health aspect of, of our day-to-day -day life in this modern society. And you know, the buzzwords of, you know, self-care uh, and things like that are, are becoming more prominent than ever. So for you personally, what, what are some essential components of your self-care routine? What are the things you can't do without that you, you got to do to take care of yourself? Yeah. Um, whenever I am in a rut, I notice it's because I haven't been doing one of two things, both usually. And it's the first is writing for me personally. Um, I need to like get my thoughts out. I think it was Matthew. <laughs> this is so, I don't, I can't believe I'm about to quote this man, but Matthew McConaughey said, I love him. Wait, I love him. New love respect him. for him since I heard I did the audio uh, trial of Green Lights. Absolutely different respect for him now. Right? He's, anyway, he's everybody my should, should listen to that book. Don't read it listen to it. It's great. Um, but he said something, uh, I think on a podcast, I don't know if it was in the book. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard great things. Mm -hmm. He said something along the lines of like, I write my thoughts to get to forget. Like I write to forget. I put it down on paper and then I can move on. I'm very similar. Like I put it on paper and then it's out of my head or I type and it's out of my head and I know how I feel. So A, writing for me. And then B, uh, prayer, just I, and if you're spiritual or some people like to meditate, just taking time and being grateful for everything that I have. And cause I think you get so wrapped up in these stupid yes. like, first world problems and you yes. like, I get very victim mentality sometimes and I have to stop we myself like, get out of here. What are you doing? Like you have a great family and everything in your life is healthy and just silly things that we don't even think, you know, to be thankful for. But th those two things are a top priority. And then obviously like getting out and sweating every day if I can, like that's huge for my mental health. But yeah, th those are probably my top three. Yeah, definitely. Perspective is so important. And uh, you touched on exercising. So natural segue there. Uh what do you like? How do you like to, to stay active? What do you do? I, we saw again. We're creeping on your social media pretty hard. We saw we saw a picture where you were paddleboarding. Uh, I don't know if you do that regularly, but it's a, it's a passion of mine. But what do you like to do for for fun? So I I'm the opposite of balanced. So paddleboarding is fun. I fall every time, and that's what I like. <laughs> I grew up swimming. I grew up playing team sports. Um, so it's just really natural for me to, uh, go into fitness, but I, for probably like the first six years, I actually started going to a gym and working out. I would just do cardio. Like I'd just do the elliptical for like 30 minutes and I would dread it because I'd be like, well, there's only it's so many. Bones. Yeah. And, and you don't really feel your progress. Sure. Sometimes you're like, well, that was kind of easier than it was yesterday. But I mean, sure. Crazy, but I have a really good friend who completely like rebuilt her entire physique through strength training and weightlifting. Um, and over the past year or so, she's kind of helped me get into it. And now I finally feel like confident to walk into that section of the gym. And nice. I feel like I'm like getting a little bit of a hang. But 
I've never felt more like mentally tough and I can't see progress doing anything else like I can with strength training because you can't you can't hide like you're upping your weight and you can like see it way more I think yeah physically even but so that's what I like now I mean I like I, I may change any it always changes for me so but this, this that's what I do and I love it love that uh, yeah, yeah, I love I love to hear that you found that and you know what about you? got you there. That's amazing. But what what do you guys do? Um, me mostly uh I like to practice yoga, I like to weightlift. Um, not a big not a big runner, don't do a ton of cardio, but I like to just move and I, I feel like it's not necessarily just defined workouts, but I'll like go into the other room and like hit a couple pull-ups or I'll like when I'm watching TV, I'll like lay down and do some stretching and thing just kind of always being mobile and always being I don't know I have ADHD so I, I think I just don't like to sit still <laughs> Gabby what do you like to do uh same here I I love to weight lift um but I I'm the runner in in the group of trilogy I am the runner ask anybody else none of them run I will I, I run I encourage clients to run if that's something they want to do ask anybody else on our team, they will tell you I'm crazy. And that's fine. I'm fine being crazy. Running for me is a mental thing um, for mental clarity, but I do also love to strength train and weightlift and that kind of thing. But I want to go back on what you said before, like those first six years, you were kind of just on the elliptical and, you know, being in this field as an instructor, as a trainer, as a wellness coach, so many people feel this way and not just females, males too. And it's that gym intimidation, quote unquote. And it's so real. And anytime I hear somebody coming away from that, it makes me feel really happy. And you know, that's what I feel like Ricky and myself and our other team members, we try to do is get rid of that gym intimidation because everybody's welcome in the weight room. Everybody's welcome to learn their strengths and, and work on them. And that's why, you know, we're here. So I really love to hear that that's something you've started in the last year or so. So good for you. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. It's huge. I feel like I I always think of that thing that I mentioned earlier of like nobody cares. <laughs> like they really don't. If you're struggling, if I'm taking 100%. 20 to figure out how to use a machine or how to like perfect my form, nobody's nobody cares. Like, yeah. How are we? So I'm so self-involved that I really think anybody in that gym is looking at me like, wow, look at her. Like, no, no one cares. No. Listen, exactly. If anyone's doing that and thinking that they're in the wrong, not you. So correct. Don't, yeah. don't let those people influence you. And, you know, obviously physical health, physical wellness, super important, but there's the other side of it as well with emotional well-being. And I know that's um, something you guys talk about as well. So just in terms of self-worth, and I know that's something you guys like to preach positively about, um, especially with women, but really for, for anybody, how do you see that factoring into relationships? Because I think relationships are another big area of people's lives that can cause stress, can cause um, you know some emotional damage. So when you're navigating that world, what's maybe some general advice that you would give uh, men or women that are that are navigating a relationship. Mm. Well, I'm still working on myself, so I don't know how much of an expert I am, but I will say, um, having the not even confidence, I would say, just knowing really who you are. Like, I spent this past year um, alone. I was before I I had been in kind of back-to-back -back very serious relationships. 
And so I had a year truly to just be alone with myself. And a lot of that time in 2020, especially I was living in a one bedroom apartment by myself in the middle of COVID. Oh, so I was, wow. um, and it was, it was so nice because I've never felt like I've known myself better. And I know that that's only going to increase as I grow up, um, grow up. I'm not 12, but you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> we're still growing up, girlfriend. We are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hang on every day. Yeah. Hang on to that. <laughs> um, Adulthood sucks. <laughs> oh my God. It's the worst. It but, is. Um, so now that I know myself really well, and I still haven't even started trying really to date, but I feel like in my friendship relationships, I have become so much better for it um, because I know why I make the decisions I do. So like if my friend says like, hey, what you said the other day really hurt my feelings. I like sit with that for a minute. I'm like, what? Why did I say that? What was I thinking? What was my real intention behind it? Right. And then I can make myself a better friend in the future. Um, and I think it goes well with communication too. When you know, when you can look at somebody and say, listen, I did not mean to do this. Um, I did it because of X, Y, and Z or the reverse. You hurt my feelings when you did X, Y, and Z. And it's because I feel this way. Um, and what you said made me feel whatever. The more honest and true you can be about who you are, I think, and like all your bad, because there are things about myself that I'm actively really, really trying to change. And there are things that I love about myself, but I know them. So when you can communicate that in your relationships, I feel like it makes me a better friend, eventually a better girlfriend, better wife, better mom. Um, so yeah, I don't, that was a bit long winded, but I would, I would just say just kind of sitting with yourself for a while and kind of knowing where you're, where you're coming from. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that. I think you touched on communication. That's so important for any relationship. I mean, even work relationships, communication yeah. is like what separates yeah. us from, from the rest of the, uh, the animals, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Work's a big one too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Work is huge too. Like knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at and being able to tell somebody like, I don't think I'm doing this well. And I don't think I'm going to be doing it well unless you help me out here. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of stuff. That's a, a big part of growth and just like learning. And I feel like a lot of us, nobody tells us that we're really going to have to learn and grow. Like we figure it out ourselves, you know, about ourselves. So I love that you kind of had the opportunity to kind of sit with yourself um, and do that for like a year now. Right. Yeah. It's something I've just started to to do actually like in 2021. I mean, I've been dating my boyfriend. This is year eight. So we've yeah. basically never been apart um, <laughs> pretty much. And this whole concept of like getting to know yourself is just fascinating to me. And I've just really been diving into it. So I totally uh, see where you're coming from there. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. No, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, let's ask you about your podcast. Now we've done enough. Yes. Uh, for somebody who hasn't listened to the podcast, what, yeah. what would you give a quick synopsis of what you guys talk about and what the what the goal is? So February of 2020, before everything kind of blew up with COVID, uh, my friend Merritt and I, and it's funny because Merritt. Uh, and I would talk probably like once a month. Um, we went to college together. And so we had 
been only at a year out of school. So we would kind of just have these phone calls and catch up. And in February in particular, we were both in these sales jobs. We were miserable. Um, like there was one particular day where we were like crying on our way into work <laughs> to each other. Like there's gotta be more out there. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pathetic. Right. No. Sorry, with the whole no. victim mindset thing. Um, but anyway, we both love podcasts and I liked listening to like girls got to eat chicks in the yeah. office, those kinds of podcasts, uh, dateline, just random. Uh, but we, could not find one with girls that were struggling with work because all of them were so popular that they were just profiting off of their podcast. So it was hard to hear because we're like, God, that would be great. But also, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. But also, like, how do I tell my boss that I absolutely hate this job? And how do I, you know, start looking for a new one? Or how do I negotiate salary? Like, so that's where it started. Okay. But then you know, we started going through different things. Merrick got a boyfriend. I lost one. We both like, yeah, life happened. Yeah. We moved. I mean, we did all these things and we transitioned from just going to talk about kind of our careers and being relatable in that way. And, and really just like expanding it to the post-grad experience. So if I could sum it up, it's basically, you know, our roadmap so far as we're making it post-grad. But we have a lot of guests on that have like made very successful and big moves in their 20s, uh, specifically in their 20s. A lot of our listeners, though, we've learned are in like high school. Really? Yeah. So now, so we look at like our listener analytics and all of our followers and stuff, and we kind of modify episodes based on that. So once we started seeing that we had a lot of college and high school girls listening and some guys, but mostly girls, um, we started talking more about college and, you know, freshman year FYIs and like stuff like that. So it's super fun because there's really not too much rhyme or reason. Um, and now Merritt and I live together in Chicago and we both still have real jobs, but we are, and I like that. Like, obviously, I would love to not, but at the same time, I think at the same time, it's like super nice to know that the only thing fueling us for making episodes every week is our own passion for this fun project that we just keep doing. And we've met so many people through it. Um, It's kind of given us, it's given me a lot of hope just for our generation. And again, we started it right before the pandemic. So it's been the whole pandemic that was obviously an accident but worked out <laughs> yeah, it's, been, it's been perfect so um we, yeah it's it's just been really fun that's great so give yeah. the uh, give the listeners uh, a quick plug on where they can find your podcast your social media all that good stuff yeah so everything is in the bio of our instagram and that's the at the underscore golden hour pod on instagram in the link or in the bio there's a link um and that brings you to like all of our links so we do have a website and um we have links to like spotify and apple podcasts and stuff we have a tiktok um but yeah you know it's super fun (laughs) come join the party if you want absolutely Uh, yeah i like to rep cleveland but always rep cleveland Always, always, always. always. Oh, God. Well, Michaela, thank 
so much for coming on and talking with us. Thank you again for all the help you offered us with getting this podcast going. Yes. And uh, yeah, we hope we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, this is so much fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank, Thank you, you so much. That's a wrap on episode number one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. And we'll see you next time on Deep Squats, Deeper Thoughts. Later, family.